0: AJ's here we are five episodes in
1: five episodes down
0: five episodes down Down. we did it we've made it yeah so people who are listening who made it this far your reward is this episode (laughs) where we talk about the corporate world of improv
1: (laughs) yeah we talk about a corporate improv or some people uh, call it applied improv and I guess applied improv has kind of a a wide uh, a wider kind of Umbrella kind of term, um, yeah. not just corporate and 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 that sort of thing, but how you take the the theory and and the improv life hashtag improv life uh, to <laughs> <laughs> to the greater world uh, yeah. to make it a better place and if we happen to profit from that in doing so that's fine (laughs) that's great too yeah uh
0: yeah and uh i think we've both done quite a bit of corporate improv. i do mostly i lean mostly into the the teaching side of corporate Mm -hmm. improv but i do also some corporate entertainment shows as well Uh, i don't know which which of those you're mostly in like what world are you mostly in like the performing Uh, corporate uh, stuff or the applied improv or
1: teaching or what it's, it's mainly uh, a kind of mix of both. We ended up with a product that uh, myself, Rick and Carl, the guys from How About This, uh, do that is a mix of both. It's a mix of teaching and performing. Uh, and and kind of debrief, so you get you get kind of the best of both worlds. Cool. Uh, but I started my corporate life doing a lot of corporate performance, mm-hmm. um, uh, and in many different ways as well. Uh, I'm not sure if I've I've mentioned this on the podcast before, but I spent mm-hmm. ten years doing a uh, playback theatre as well here in Melbourne. Oh, cool! Um, and playback theatre is a, a different type of improvisation that sometimes I I think gets unfairly kind of maligned. Uh, in, in different ways. But essentially what playback is is people telling stories and then you reinterpreting those stories into theatre. Um, mm-hmm. and the really valuable thing that, that that came from doing ten years of, of, of playback for me was think like the the audience have already heard the story. They've already seen the story. They've always laughed at the, at the jokes and, and experienced it. So how do we then play that back immediately after they've heard it and keep it interesting and enlighten? And so you have to listen to the story with really different ears yeah. on what's being unsaid, what's being unspoken, what's the metaphor here, all of these sort of things. And so I did 10 years of playback theatre straight out of uni um, and uh, and it was really, really valuable. So I did a lot of corporate work just doing mm. that form. Just doing Playback. playback like actually
0: yeah.
1: playback theater cool yeah um and melbourne playback it has a very good reputation i think worldwide as a quite a theatrical playback company a lot of i think the criticism comes as it's a psychodrama or something like that and there may be companies that have lent that way, but Melbourne was very much focused on on a theatrical form and and turning people's stories into unique it, pieces yeah. of theatre. Um, cool. So I did that for a long time. I also did a lot of uh, kind of theatre sports esque. Uh, corporate shows uh, you're after dinner shows you know between dinner and dessert at conferences or whatever everybody's those kind of-
0: everybody's favorite time slot everybody's yeah, favorite time yeah. slot to perform yeah,
1: <laughs> when everyone's half the room still chewing and everyone yeah. else is going where's my fucking brownie
0: when would you like to perform right after dinner but before dessert that's the, yeah uh, that's mm, nobody's doing anything in that time except we're ready to yeah. watch a show yeah
1: it's uh, as as a younger improviser, I did a lot of that, and then as an older improviser, when we started organising our own gigs and not working for other companies, like we, the first thing we say no to is that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or the first thing you talk between them out courses. of. Yeah,
0: yeah, and I get it. I think I think uh, for that after dinner spot spot uh, that like from an organised perspective, they're like after dinner, everyone's a little tired. We'll do some improv. Yeah. We'll get everyone energy up right before yeah. dessert. Yeah. Uh, And then speeches. And it's sort of like as a performer, I need to talk them out of that. And usually they are receptive. Normally I do nowadays, get them into, how about after dessert? Mm -hmm. Like after everything we'll do a thing. Yeah.
1: Yeah, once you've cleared everything away. anyway, keep,
0: keep, keep going. This is great. Uh, how, how else? I uh, that was my first question for it anyway. It was how, how did you get into corporate improv? So keep going yeah. with this uh, and playback so I, theater I was, after dinner spots.
1: I was with Impro Melbourne for a very long time, almost 20 years. I spent three years as uh, um, artistic director uh, towards the end of my tenure there. I still work with Impro Melbourne uh, very happily, uh, but I, I kind of am more of a freelancy uh, person now, I guess. Um, so uh, and, the, and and kind of leaving the company has given me the ability to float between different things here and and and, uh, and with travelling and improvising so much as well, it was hard to be as present as I needed to be. So I took a step away from company life, but that company life was um, 20 years with Impro Melbourne, so a lot of school performances, a lot of mm-hmm. corporate shows through there. There was a, another um, professional uh, improv company here in Melbourne called Troupe de Jour, uh, who, who were kind of the go-to – um improv company throughout the 90s and early noughties uh here very well established and uh and so I'd gig around with them a whole lot so you know I could tell you the what the green room of every conference room in Melbourne and every entertainment center around Australia looks like yeah. um and uh all, and who, all the back who the corridors tech, all the of tech the casinos, guys though.
0: all the yeah. tech guys of the hotels yeah
1: yeah yeah so uh so lots of those kind of lots of those kind of trips you know day trips up to stay at a hotel for a night to do a gig that night or the next morning yeah. and then uh, day trips back, which are lovely, and and for the most part, you are doing it with people who you know you enjoy playing with and uh, and and travelling with, and so you know it's nice to have a little escape, you know, little airport experience, and then you know uh, do a show and then go find somewhere to have a drink that night in wherever you are, say the Gold Coast or Brisbane or um, yeah. or, or, or that kind of thing, and then fly home. Um, but even the the local gigs are, are fun because you normally end up working with a range of people who you don't work with in companies so much, you know, they have left company life and, and have become applied improv professionals. So um, it's really nice to be able to work with them at, at that level as well. Mm -hmm. And yeah. Yeah. So I started
0: actually from totally different direction. Like I don't, I I started doing corporate workshops first Uh, and like uh, the, the idea of applying improv to like life skills and stuff uh, I did the Canadian Improv Games through high school, which uh, mm-hmm. a lot of people would know of. And the whole purpose of the Canadian Improv Games is to teach life skills to high school students through improv. Like, the goal isn't to make them great improvisers. And so when I started working for the games right away, it was all about, like, this isn't really about good improv. This is about using these skills to to learn to be better people. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of instilled in me early on. Uh, and then through that, a friend of mine ended up <laughs> getting a gig for bread garden which was this cafe stra- like like um uh um oh, what's the word chain a cafe chain yep. in uh in north america or at least canada or at least british columbia uh and uh they wanted to do some improv with their like ceos and so he brought me in to help him do this workshop because he wasn't really that much of an improviser he just got talked his way into it because he was working at bread garden uh yeah. and uh and i was like 21 at the time or something or maybe 20 even and i was like holy shit i was like going into a room of ceos to teach yeah. improv uh, as if i'm some improv like expert suddenly and i was like thrust into this world uh and that was when I was just kind of like, wait, it's the same thing. They're people. We're just going to improv. Uh, let's yeah. let's go for it. And just took them through all the steps of improv and explained what it was and how it worked. And they were like, this is really great. Wow, this is really mm-hmm. valuable. Uh, and then we were going to do a string of them, but then Bread Garden kind of went out of business. Yeah. Because of improv. Because of because of your no, improv that is. No. Um, so that was like my first <laughs> encounter with corporate improv, uh, and then f- after that, I did my share of uh, through instant theater company and through uh, just being an improviser growing up uh, of like weird gigs at weddings and different uh, different events and, and uh, yeah, uh, birthday parties and stuff like that. Uh, yeah, and did some work with theater sports, so got kind of into like I-, I was just you know gigging around. Uh, with all those corporate gigs. But then uh, what really shot me into the corporate world, which is what I do a lot of now, is uh, I did a TEDx talk at Tedx Victoria, maybe seven or eight years ago now. yep, uh, and it went uh, it 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 was the first of that string of improvisers doing TEDx talks. So I was like right at the beginning of that TEDx wave. And so it did really well. And it has like 300,000 views or something. And people are still using it today to like show to their classes and stuff. And friends of mine still show it to their teenagers when they're talking about improv and things and put it up. Uh, It's like an introduction to improv. Uh, And so that kind of that that video did very well and ended up booking me a whole bunch of speaking gigs. So suddenly I went from being like a performer to a to a public speaker. And of course, as you know, and I think this is perfect evidence that improv is helpful in the corporate world, is my improv skills perfectly transferred into being a corporate trainer, right? Like the skills of improv are perfect for it. Uh, So I started doing uh, speaking gigs. And the first one I did was for like the province of British Columbia. And I did like a string for like one of the ministries and like flew all around the province and did like seven or eight uh, one hour presentations. Uh, so mm-hmm. I suddenly again had to turn my 10 minute TEDx talk into a one hour uh, talk with interaction yes. and, and like all this stuff. Uh, and uh, turned out I was very good at it, and so it just kind of went from there. And so now uh, I've done gigs all over doing speaking stuff and doing corporate workshops. So uh, of course, uh, most most notably, I was, I was I work at MIT once a year now, uh, mm-hmm. doing workshops with some of their entrepreneur program. Oh, uh, nice. And I say now, but maybe not anymore. Yeah, <laughs> what? depends if the you last can get into the last few years. Yeah, the last few years I've done it. Uh, so uh, and then and then yeah and then i had done training with a bunch of different companies and stuff. Yeah, uh, from that so so that was sort of my entrance into it. And now I still do like with Paper Street now get offers for corporate entertainment gigs. Yeah, uh, and most of them I pass off onto other people now. Like I'll just hire out a crew to go do it
1: yeah same okay. with entertainment stuff for for us now uh, occasionally we 'll go and do it occasionally we 'll do some school shows and things like that but generally we 'll hire newer improvisers to to go off and uh, and do that what was your What was your test? Uh, Rick Brown and I came up with a a um, a, a nice measurement of a, a corporate improv gig, a not necessarily applied improv kind of teaching kind of stuff, but just you know a, a measurement of a gig, uh, whether it be uh, you know a, a set between dinner and dessert, or you know sometimes you'd be hired to play roving characters uh-huh. uh, and mm-hmm. just improvise your way through that kind of stuff, and still to this day, our our complete. Baseline for a uh, for a gig weighing up whether we say yay or nay or whether we do the gig and report on the other side is we'll see each other and we'll go, it was, how was the gig? Was it dignity neutral?
0: <laughs> so, dignity neutral.
1: <laughs> so if you can come out with your dignity intact, then it's a win. <laughs> yeah. Anything above that is, is, is go- all gravy. But uh, if you come out dignity neutral, then you're all right. There are still some gigs that you accept, and you're you're halfway through, and you're like, "This is not going to be a dignity neutral gig." No. <laughs> <It's>... <laughs> yeah, uh,
0: I don't. I don't use the phrase dignity neutral. I mean, for for corporate training. Uh, and talks and stuff i uh they always go fine like they're like yeah, they, i, I yeah, always this is leave more that
1: giggy type of stuff the the yeah. the, the corporate stuff for us goes really well as well because we've worked very hard on honing very particular products now as well that the that the market really likes yeah. but yeah those entertainment gigs can still sometimes just go off the rail yeah. or you rock up and you're like um you rock up and and there's a dozen things they haven't told you <laughs> yeah <laughs> Even though or- you've asked all the questions and set them a written questionnaire and everything like that and you spend the entire time there going oh uh, what now who uh-huh.
0: <laughs> no i've done yeah i don't i don't have a specific rating we just have r- certain gigs we reference yeah like was it as bad as blank right uh, how was it compared to Blank? And I'm saying Blank because I don't want to name the industry that yes, the, yep. the performs before because not all that industry is bad. Um, but one of the, the gig was a uh, we were set to do 20, two 20-minute 20 sets of improv because they wanted us mm-hmm. to do 45, and I was like, how about just two 20s? And then we, people don't have to watch 45 minutes of improv. That's a lot. Yeah. Uh, in hindsight, that was a bad idea because they put us right. on for 20, and then there was a supposed to be like an hour break or like a half hour thing and then us again but instead it would end up being like a two and a half hour break with like uh, a bar and 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 then the 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 people themselves got up and did skits for each other which were way funnier than anything we were doing because they know each other and stuff and they have all these jokes and then we had to get up again and do another 20 minutes uh and luckily i wasn't at that gig because again i found them up but uh, when I found out about it, I was like, you should have called me, and I would have told them, like, that's what told you to go home. Like, don't don't wait two and a half hours. Uh, but they yeah. did. They did and did a, did a job, and it was a difficult show, but they made it.
1: I got a, a photo from uh, some people at a gig. Last year, they'd uh, gone up to a hotel to do a an evening gig, and they'd set the stage up on the other side of the pool to everyone else. Because... <laughs> <laughs>
0: So there's like the stage with the performers, a pool, a pool, and then, and and then, then a, a bar, and then yeah. a couple elephants, <laughs> and then the audience. <laughs> that's uh, that's a great gig. It was uh, but very like, what funny. about on the other side of the pool? Yeah, yeah we did a let's gig look once. Look at that little island. island. Put them on that little island. That'll be fun. So uh, I was doing a gig for uh, uh, an industry, an industry <laughs> that notoriously drinks a lot. Mm-hmm. And so when they asked us to come, I was like, uh, "I was like, well, um, well, I don't think we should do a full hour because that's a long show, uh, and people at these events mostly just want to socialize and drink." And the the woman said, "Well, we're trying to discourage them from drinking, so we're hoping you being there will keep them from drinking." And I was right. like, "This is not going to go well. <laughs> we're we're there to stop them from doing what they want, uh, and so and I." booked a stand-up comedian and a piano player and everything so yep. that we only had to do like a little bit of improv, some stand-up music whatever mm-hmm. uh, and it was still a nightmare of a gig. It was like yeah. a, it was in a warehouse, the sound was just a, uh, it was a mess.
1: So okay. I guess horror story, stories I guess aside, with, with, horror yeah stories. <laughs> horror stories aside I guess constructively we could talk out of this, um, if you are doing corporate improv or applied improv particularly on the entertainment side of things or you aspire sure. to do that You need to get as much detail as possible, and you need to ensure the success of your product. Um, And sometimes that's not going to meet eye to eye with your organizer, uh, and you you just have to go. Well, I don't think this. Thanks for thinking of us. I don't think this gig's going to work. Perhaps we can do another one down the track. All that kind of stuff. But I think that uh, you need to rather than kind of just jump and I guess we all jump early on and just say yes and kind of learn these things the hard way but you need to figure out the space that you're in uh, when it is on uh, in the in the the space of the evening uh, whether you are well lit whether you can be heard like all of these things in corporate environments you need to talk to someone about uh, because if you don't you're going to end up you know on the other side of a pool somewhere and, and yeah, they'd, and they'd think... asked about where the stage was too you know
0: yeah, I think that's something that is, uh, that is. Uh, you made a really great point, uh, um, is the client doesn't know what they want. They know yes. they want improv, and they probably don't want improv, but they know <laughs> they've heard improv is fun, and they want something yep. fun. And so it's our job to talk them into making sure it's good. Because they they want it to be good, and they just don't know how to make it good because they aren't sure of improv as well as we are. And I think that was the hardest lesson for me to learn going to the corporate world was to say, like, no, 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 I know better than you in this regard. Trust me, you think this is a good idea. It's not a good idea. This would be better. And having to talk them out of it. And sometimes they'll put their foot down and be like, no, no, it's got to be like this because of this and this. And I'll say, okay, but just so you know, like... That might make yep. it a suboptimal show. Yes. Uh, and occasionally they're wrong and it is a suboptimal show, but sometimes mm-hmm. they're okay. And actually they were right. And, and, and I'm glad they fought me on it because like the show yep. ended up better. So it's just about that negotiating with them to try and find that the same outcome that you both want, which is a good show.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, they, they do pay uh, nicely as well. So that's why you want to ensure your, your success. You don't want to go in there with every intention of doing a great show. And, I mean, the risk of improv is always that it could be a dud show regardless. Sure, um, yeah. You know, but you're doing everything in your power to ensure the success of, of that show. So sight lines for the audience, uh, engagement times, periods, how drunk they're going to be, how drunk they're not going to be, uh, how much attention you have. Like if you you're bung in a corner while other stuff's going on, um, then you're not going to get the attention that 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 warrants uh, a show or, or something like that. So, ask as many questions as you can, um, and the other person on the other end will appreciate it because, it, as you say, it ensures the success of the event, not just what we're bringing in. To the to the event itself, yeah, um, but yeah, you've got to work real hard to to set up your parameters.
0: So while we're on um, shows and gigs, like yes. performance stuff, uh, got a couple questions for you about it, and then I'm sure we'll get to more into the teaching stuff later too. Yeah, but as uh, as far as a set list goes, <clears throat> do you have a standard like we do these five games every single time, or do you have at least a standard like opener? That this we always open with this, it always works, and we always close with "Day in the Life" because it always, you know, kills. Like, do you have a, yeah. do you have a set list?
1: Uh, I grew up uh, in a company that had a pretty hard set list. Like, it was yeah. the same five or six games every time, yeah. um, and like every time. So as soon as I kind of, uh, as soon as I, I, I kind of set up my own gig, I wanted to break that pattern. So we've got stuff that we know works to open. We've got stuff that we know works to close. Uh, We always try to change up the middle, uh, and it's not necessarily the same opener or the same closer, but the range of those openers and closers are are, are smaller. The pool Mm -hmm. of those things is smaller, depending on whether we have a musician with us or whether we don't. Uh, All of those kind of things are factors as well. Uh, And then we try also to throw one game in there about three-quarters of the way through that is just for us yeah right sure. you're not so, sure this, they're gonna like this but I like this. yeah well we know that they're gonna like it but we're gonna have we're gonna have fun with it like something like a, a one-man Shakespeare where you know <laughs> one person speaks in Shakespeare and everyone else is speaking in normal dialogue and sure just something that we can have a lot of fun with and and um, or, or you know just something and th- that will change from time to time to time as well, like every time we do the the gig. um, It was like, oh, what do we feel like doing for fun today? You know, so we've got the things in there that, and we enjoy the the whole set normally. Um, But yeah, we've got kind of a range of stuff at the start, range of stuff at the end, and the the whole kind of middle section. I guess in a half hour, 40 minute set, you're looking, if you're doing short form type games, you're looking at around five games um, or thereabouts. Um, so with, you know, interaction in between and getting suggestions and volunteers, we always try to have at least two games that work with the audience as well. Mm -hmm. Um, so either moving bodies or prompt, some sort of prompt game or, um, uh, dubbing or things like that. Um, that that use the audience and get the audience involved, but get them involved in a safe and manageable way Um, Mm -hmm. um, so uh, we're not asking too much of them. The other thing that we emphasize right from the very start of the show is, and I know there are some companies that don't do this, uh, but we emphasize that when we get you up on on the stage to be a part of our team, you are part of our team. We're here to look after you. That's what improv's all about. Um, mm-hmm. you know, we're here to make you look fantastic. So we're not going to get you up on stage and make you look like an idiot or laugh at your expense. And I know that there are companies that do that around the world. They get people up and and uh, and just kind of have a laugh. But and and the audience will love it, and the person will get off stage pink with embarrassment. You know, and we yeah. never want to see or do improv again and so we try to uh focus our audio uh, audience interaction into a really kind of um like a really positive yeah. supportive positive way mm-hmm. so when they're leaving the stage they're smiling they feel like they've had success um and and a great time you know yeah yeah so um that's cool yeah so
0: yeah like we have a set list of like probably Eight or nine games that that mm-hmm. go pretty well, and I think they're the same games that everybody plays. Like, yeah. you know, moving bodies is on there. Uh, dubbing yep. is on there. Uh, um, the line genre. pickup, the line pickup game where the audience yep. writes lines and you pick them up and work yep. them in uh genre coaster or some version of that we we have on the list so we got like a list that we kind of shuffle around and now because i don't do all of them it depends on who i send i kind of give them some freedom to like play the games you want to work on that you know you play well um but i yeah definitely always trying to get the audience involved as much as possible really so even maybe more than two of the games like yeah if if it's that kind of crowd and often they'll let you know like they'll tell you in advance like and there's this one guy you got to get gary (laughs) gary is funny get gary up and
1: then then gary gets up and goes like nothing
0: Uh, (laughs) i'm gary (laughs) yeah uh but when, what I've been and enjoying a lot lately. Up,
1: Maud gets up and and everyone comes up to you after the show and goes, "What's with Maud? She's I've never so seen funny. Maud be like that before. That was amazing. Been,
0: Maud must have been drunk." <laughs> uh, but yeah, like one of the games I've been enjoying a lot is just doing a word at a time story, but with an audience member. Yep. So bringing an audience member up and then we do the story with them. So there's mm-hmm. like three of us and one of them. And then of course every time it gets to them, they just say something like ridiculous that makes no sense but everyone's like yeah gary well he said dick Uh, or whatever (laughs) gary said uh and just let him have the fun and then our the challenge for us and this is where i think um this is where i think uh corporate improv stuff you can find joy in it and where i find the joy is how can i still make this good like for me like even though i know i'm doing the like and, and, and I guess calling it like lower or bass is, is derogatory towards it. But I know I'm doing like the simplest, most standard improv show yep. ever that is not artistically challenging me or fulfilling mm-hmm. me in any way. Um, so when I'm doing that word of the time story with Gary, it's like, okay, Gary, you be as goofy as you want. And I'm going to try to yep. make a good story out of this like mess yep. that you're just throwing on the stage. And yep. same with moving people instead of like... Doing the gags of like, oh, I can't see you. Oh, where are you? Oh, there yeah. you are. Like those gags, uh, trying to actually have like a compelling scene with a beautiful relationship and a nice yep. emotional arc, uh, in, while the audience is making you hug and hump each other or whatever. They're yeah. trying to make you... they don't usually <laughs> yes. go that far anymore.
1: No, we we try to we tr- we have a when we're playing moving bodies or puppets, uh, we try to have a uh, a very expansive uh, setup. So it's like. Don't make people hit each other. Don't do this. Don't do that. You know, remember we're trying to make each other look good up here. So yeah. don't, uh, you know, don't force them into any compromising uh, positions. Uh, yeah, Canadians and, are and pretty and nice. Of course, the
0: audience doesn't yeah. do anything too bad to us up here.
1: It, 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 it depends. Again, it depends <laughs> on where you're at here. And you never know walking in. But yeah, I mean, I enjoy, I, I enjoy, I mean, I enjoy improv. So I enjoy corporate work, you know. It's, uh, but there's a lot of factors that can make it unenjoyable, mm-hmm. um, in the performance realm, and and I've learned over the journey to try to ensure that all of those factors are at least addressed before we walk into the room. Yeah. Um, so the chance of succeeding and the chance of that joy flourishing is, is uh, encouraged because we've already talked about this kind of stuff. Yeah, and it sometimes is... there's not much you can do, but even, even the little bit you can is going to help you succeed.
0: Yeah. That's what I was going to say. It is funny how much just saying to them things like, sure, but we need a stage area that is well mm-hmm. lit and that we can yep. be heard. Is there going to be a sound system? Should we bring one? Da, yep. da, da. Like just asking those very simple questions uh, really makes the show better. Because yep. when you forget to ask them and you end up performing on like a in the middle of a dance floor in a bar with no yes. lighting and you're just, just standing in the dark shouting at people, uh, yep. that is not a good experience for you or them, no. and the improv is not good. But if you Maybe are on a race neutral. stage with lights and microphones that have speakers that work, it's it, it can be great. It can be fantastic. Yeah. I think my favorite yeah. corporate gigs are when people have like rented out theaters and yes. then asked us to come and perform as part of their fundraiser or whatever it is. Yeah. And we just go, great. It's a theater. Like, look, we're on stage. This is what we were made for. And then we can throw away some of the games we would play and play like some actual theatrical games that I enjoy. Yeah. Yeah. uh, And do some really beautiful work Uh, because the audience is seated like that. Just like sometimes they're not seated at corporate games or they're sprawled around a, a banquet hall. And there's like 90 people in a space that could fit 300.
1: Yeah. Yeah, we uh we were invited to co-create a training program with Specsavers here in Australia, who are a glasses uh company, um who provide kind of budget eyewear and eye tests and that kind of thing, uh and so from the ground up, the the training person reached out to us and said, uh he he was uh, amateur theater director, so he understood. The uh he understood improv basically Great. uh and uh, and he reached out to us and said he'd like to uh organize like a training program where improv was part of the focus and and so we co-created a training program with uh specsavers uh that we rolled out for 12 months so we tested for 3 months um so we came up it was a whole day long program so some of their training Some of our training, a small performance, plus two workshops as well. The workshops were geared around um you know the basic premises so yes and you know moving forward um uh, and uh, accepting active listening all of that sort of stuff the one of the other workshops was based around storytelling so the tenets of storytelling so how uh, how we get momentum up in a story how the challenges arrive in a story we all know and tell our stories and we're all living a part of the story here so um so how do we use the our understanding of storytelling to monitor the momentum of a meeting or or, or something like that um, uh, uh, of things in the corporate environment, um, and we ended up rolling out that uh, that training program all around Australia um, for twelve months um, with uh, various different things, and it was uh, it was fantastic. We ended up winning uh, some learning awards here, like corporate learning awards and stuff uh, for it. But it was really nice to. At the very start, rather than be something that is attached to the program, uh, was from the very start at the core of the program. Um, and, and was I this think mostly
0: people- teaching or was this performing... And then... uh, it was
1: a bit of both. It was a little bit of both. So we would start the day with a 20-minute kind of performance. So it was a day-long program that we ran. So we'd go to you know Brisbane for a week and run it every day for a week, and everyone from the state would, would come down to all stores around the state, staff, managers, that kind of thing. Uh, and we did that all around Australia and then also in New Zealand and some smaller capitals around Australia as well, um, cool. it was kind of secondary smaller city capitals. Um, and, uh, and so – uh yeah, so that that was that was really a really nice gig because it was created from the ground up. So I'd encourage people thinking about applied improv and and like not just thinking about you know how can I get a gig at a uh, at a thing, but actually reaching out to companies or your networks. You might know people who are starting out in HR who are starting out in corporate training. Um, reach out to those people and 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 try to develop something with them because. I mean the applied improv stuff is fantastic. Um and you know, basically you're telling people to stop, listen to each other, acknowledge each other's ideas and move forward with them, you know. Yeah. And as uh, and to some companies and well established companies, that's a revolution for them to hear. You know. They've <laughs> yeah. been working in well, silos wait. and yeah. listen
0: to each other. Or are you fucking with me? <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, and so you know I don't I think there's a really wide breadth and depth of of improv theory or applied improv stuff. Uh, there are groups on Facebook you can join and you can see the way it's done there. Um, but a lot of it in corporate I think boils down to that that kind of training, um, which is you know just getting people to understand the tenants because great yeah. improvisers. The, the utopian and I put that in air quotes, the utopian if everyone's doing this all the time, um, it, you know world would be a wonderful, wonderful place. Yeah, but it doesn't I, happen. so so we often get challenged back almost immediately after our presentations uh, and and there's always like an uh, like a side eye to Gary I was sitting over in the corner it's like Gary. what if someone doesn't do that all the time? You know what if someone you teach them the, the language of improvisations like what if you just work with blockers all the time yeah <laughs> um, and stuff like that so yeah it's um, it's a, it's around the same kind of thing but in business they're so trained to look after themselves first as soon as you tell them that the team is more important than themselves they they, they some take it as an affront some some jump on board and love it. So, how do my question is to you? How do you respond to the people who kind of put a wall up when they when they hear uh, that they have to be selfless? They have to listen. They have to uh, look out for the whole rather than themselves. Um, That's a difficult time. Yeah.
0: So, I think um, there's a lot you just said there that I want to get into. We're getting into teaching. Sorry. Yeah. No, it's okay. Teaching is definitely like my my part of the corporate world I enjoy the most. Uh, I've never left a corporate. Training workshop, feeling bad about what I did. Yep. I've always felt like that was good. That was good. It could have been like some are great, and then some are just good. But yep. very rarely do I leave a workshop going like that was just bad and hard. Uh, yep. Even I've done I've done workshops with like two hundred people before. Yep, and uh, there's me and two hundred salespeople, and come out of it and go like, oh, that was great. That was good. They had yep. fun. They learned. Everyone was repeating back the things, and then the feedback I always hear is, um. Throughout the rest of their two-day conference business person meeting, Mm -hmm. Uh, they were saying things like, hey, no saying but, or yes, and, like, yes, yes, and. And they like to they use the language. uh, And so so it always goes really well. So I'm always really happy in in those workshops. Uh, And, uh, yeah, I think the key for me to getting to that place where I felt like every time I left I was feeling good is when I stopped trying to speak business speak. Because I'm not a business person. Mm -hmm. And I think one of the things that business people like have a smell for and like, like, like how dogs know smell fear. Business people smell uh, like bullshit people. (laughs) And they can tell like, this guy's not a business. He doesn't even wear a tie. Uh, And they can tell like, you don't know their world. And so the moment I stopped trying to pretend I knew their world and just started telling them things like, I'm going to tell you what I do, which is improv. And then it, and then if you see a place that connects to your world interrupt me point it out and let's talk about it uh, yeah. and like encouraging them to connect it to their world and that made it all the difference cuz really like you were saying before just the, the the improv sort of like yes and listening accepting don't block things that sort of language is all they really need to hear yeah. like when i teach a level 1 improv class people at the end of the class are like this is really
1: good advice for life
0: yeah. It's like, yeah, it is. Oh, I guess I don't need to tell them that. They get it. I just need to tell them improv. So there so that was my life. <laughs> there have
1: been days where I've taught the same workshop to year 10 students and executives in the same <laughs> <Yeah>. day. <laughs> exactly. <Yeah. laughs> the same year in
0: the, all right, zip, zap, zap go. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, yeah, the same, same exercise and then just putting a twist on it. Uh, but back to your question about the, 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 per, the realist in the room. Who's yes. like, who who doesn't get phased by your wonderful ideal world of improv? That's like, oh, that would be great if we all got along. And one person's like, well, we can't because of fucking Gary. Yeah. Um, the 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 game I always play is the count to twenty game or some version of it, where everyone has to count yep. to twenty. And if sorry, uh, everyone has to count to twenty. And if two people say a number at the same time, they start again at one. You know the game, yep. right? Uh, And then when I teach it, I get them to focus on not, uh, I get them to look at each other and focus on looking and seeing when is it your turn to say the number, like just watch people don't, don't try and take space, try and give space. Uh, And it just takes one person who's trying to take space and and take the numbers to create the, 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 the clashing. Right. Uh, Whereas if we're all trying to give everyone else a chance and that's what we're focusing on. Uh, well, we won't make any mistakes, and then and that game always goes well the first time they get to like ten. That after I explain how to do it properly, they yeah. get to like you know fifty and forty and sixty and stuff, and it's like they, yeah they they nail it. Uh, and so that's the game that I kind of lean into whenever I get one of those uh, negative Nancy's who hate Gary is yeah. like is you're right you're right when she says yeah. that. I'm like you're right if there's one person that's that's not doing it, it's not going to work. Yeah, so don't be that person. Don't yeah and
1: and we to ter- and we talk about feedback as well like that leads us into feedback in in, in as a part of improv and 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 the feedback po- culture that is there because we get notes, we get instant feedback in the moment, mm-hmm. we get notes that are from our directors or our mentors, uh, we we get rewarded from the audience, be it, be it for good behaviour or bad behaviour, there can be bad behaviours there to get re- rewarded, but we get feedback all the time, be it uh, instant in the moment, uh, from the audience, from our mentor, uh, from a debrief after a show, from your director, from the, whoever's running your your company, your artistic director, or, or, or things like that, where uh, companies often have feedback sessions once every six months, and mm-hmm. and they and they they coin it in a shit sandwich, you know, you're great, Gary, you do this, but you're always cutting people off with that, na- uh, you know, yeah. uh, with numbers. But yeah, you go and look forward to, to doing some more, <laughs> and everyone knows exactly what they're getting and what they're hearing, uh, rather than taking. We've worked with some companies who have. Uh, pretty much adopted us uh, uh, as part of their company. Like they they bring us in every six months uh, to to re, uh, to reinstate the culture a little bit. Some new people might have joined in, so they can um, so they can kind of stay in touch with it as well. And they've adopted that idea of. And these are lawyers as well. A law firm here in Melbourne has adopted uh, our company, and they've built in as a result of of us talking about how valuable feedback in. Is, is in their process now they have five minutes of their hour uh, built in for feedback now you know? Great. Wow. so it, it, it just uh, so they touch base right after a meeting um, so if they've got a, a meeting for an hour they try to finish at 50 minutes you know say their goodbyes and pleasantries and have that five minutes there together and they say it's provided a huge amount of benefits for them all and that's why they keep getting us back in there so we a lot of our work leads into conversations about feedback as well but i wanted to touch on something that really changed our position in um in corporate teaching and applied improv as well which is exact, exactly what you said that we're not trying to be a businessman we're just trying to tell you how it works in our world so i'm not a i'm not a lawyer i'm not an accountant I'm not a dock worker. I don't know the ins and outs of your workspace, but here's what works for us. And and getting onto uh, coming coming at it from that point of view, you can, there is no bullshit because we know what we're talking about, or at least we think yeah. we know what we're talking about. So that radar just doesn't go off, and that gets you opens you so many doors. And what we've done here is we've started teaming up with various people. Uh, maybe improv friendly, maybe even not. Uh, people have re- reached out to us, so it becomes an. Uh, we work with regularly with different people who are MBAs, who are conference um, conference organizers or or regular kind of speakers. And what we tried to develop was a a keynote thing, as you've done with, with, the, mm-hmm. with the TEDx thing, is our product isn't just us coming in and entertaining anymore. Our product is essentially a keynote address. Uh, yeah. It's a 90-minute thing that, that, that um, from our point of view, uh, and, and us as experts, enlightens the audience. And part of, a little part of that is performance as well. But they leave with the curtain pulled back a little bit. And, um, and coming in with that confidence and that presence just pays off in spades. Yeah. And I think you said it. There's no bullshit when you're just talking about what you do.
0: That's, that's the, that's yeah. how you, that's how you make the, the corporate world feel authentic to yourself. Like I used to, uh, first couple I did, I wore a tie and I would go yep. and like try and dress a little more corporate cause I was like, Oh, I'm in a corporate environment. I got to look like these people. Uh, And one feedback I got was uh, he seemed a little stiff for an improviser (laughs) and anyone who knows me has never heard me described as stiff before, Uh, which is kind of funny. So I was like, wow, that's okay, cool. So from that point on, I dress how I dress every other day. So I wear like black, a black t-shirt and khaki pants and I show Mm -hmm. up on stage and I'm like, Hey, if you can't tell by how I'm dressed, I'm an improviser. Uh, And then I go into explaining what improv is. Uh, And I, I, I lean heavy on – because I'm always – I'm asked to come in and talk about improv and teach improv, and I Mm -hmm. lean very heavy into the fact that, like, I can tell you all I can tell you about improv, but you got to try it a little So I get people in their seats or at their tables or whatever to do a few little improv exercises that I coach Mm -hmm. them through. So as, as throughout the presentation. So it's like, it's, it's pretty nicely paced between like explaining improv and doing some slides and then getting them to do some. And depending on how long I'm going for or, or what kind of, what time of day it is, if it's like an evening gig, I will often perform something, whether it's me doing a solo improv set or bringing somebody up to to do it. Um, and then that kind of goes, that works the well, uh, works well. Although I will say the greatest gig I did was where I didn't have a slideshow. And so I just kind of threw out my whole presentation and just improvised a little, like by a little, I mean, pretty much just improvised. Uh, and it was at a unit college, uh, and for like a bunch of college professors, And right before me, the dean was up talking, and they were all asking the dean these questions that are really specific to the college. And so I was just listening to the questions, you know, and I was like, okay, cool. And then I got up when they introduced me, and I was like, hey, I'm Dave, I'm an improviser, Uh, and just answer your questions, uh, Gary, uh, about the new new lunch uh, (laughs) protocols for the such and such. Uh, I have no idea. I don't work here. Um, And then I would just, like, repeat the question, and I answered the question they asked from my perspective as an improviser. Uh, and it was super funny and like really engaging and and sort of showed them what I was about to start talking about. Like, yeah. look, I'm an improviser. I just all I did was listen to what you guys said before. yeah, and then answered honestly. and that was improv. like I did it. That's all I did. Uh, and like it was this really fun entrance into a, a piece and that was just a, uh, one of the other things about corporate training that I, I learned was I should take my own advice. And be like, yes. oh yeah, wait, wait, I'm an improviser. Why yeah. am I, why am I planning so much? I, yeah, I, I know the, I know what I'm talking about. Just get up and talk about it.
1: Yeah, yeah. And that's that's that was the real shift for me. It, it was 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 just being honest in that way, you know, just being honest in in to myself, honest to my customers uh, yep. or clients, uh, and and that's where things started to to really take off for us as well because we had that air of uh, of, of confidence about us. Um, yeah, I say so, I say
0: the uh, that that air of play or playfulness yes. where you yep. get up and right away you're. You're not just talking about being present and listening and being generous and accepting. You are those things. You're being those things. And they see it and they go, wow, this guy's really, they're really having fun up there. Or this guy's really playing with that one person in the front row that made that joke earlier. And they're still riffing on it. Like, wow, he really is here. He's not reading a script.
1: Which brings me to something else that I wanted to talk about today. And this may seem a little grumpy old manny, but I'm going to go here. Oh, I it. can't
0: wait. Hold on. <laughs> wait, hold on. I have a cigar somewhere around here. All right.
1: Tell me about it. <laughs> <laughs> Is I think there are times where improv companies need to apply applied improv to their own companies. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know oh, what I mean? Okay. Like, well, first, first let me say
0: <laughs> I 100% agree. Yeah, and I can't wait for us to get a bunch of emails about this.
1: <laughs> I know, I know, but uh, but it's—I've uh, been involved in them. I've—I've I, I've made the mistakes. I'm not saying I'm above all this. Sure. But yeah. the training that we do in corporate environments. Sometimes, because we focus so much on our skills on the stage, a lot of companies around the world are unpaid. Some are, um, you know, or you get, or, or, or so, and that creates a different sort of dynamic in there as well yeah, for stage for sure. time and, and, and things like that. And some are asking a lot of their, their practitioners um, or students in terms of uh, interning or, or, or in terms of, you know, just company dynamics as well. Uh, There are lots of different people in improv companies. Some people come from a performance background. Some people come from a real-life background. (laughs) A lot of different different generations of improvisers. There's a lot of of
0: older improvisers and newer improvisers clashing together. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Politics. There's politics.
1: There's lots of politics because you have people not getting paid, so they're invested with their emotions, uh, and uh, and they may be passing and failing courses at different levels, or they may not get the stage time they think they deserve, and then ego comes into it, and all of yeah. this sort of mess of company life that I've seen in my travels all around the world, everywhere. Uh, yeah. And you know, when you sit when you sit with improvisers after shows you th- this sort of stuff spills out of people you know it's just like you hear and none of it is unique you hear it all around the place and yeah. so i think like i sometimes i scratch my head including at companies i've been involved in and situations i am and have been involved in in the past where i'm like why aren't we practicing what we preach on stage, what we teach to companies for thousands of dollars at a time, why aren't we doing this in this company? Why can't we learn to be to apply these improv tenants to our own companies? Um, yeah. And, and yeah, I, I don't have an answer to it. I'd, I'd like every company to sit and ask and maybe some are better. Uh, uh, I know there are certainly in the scope of, of companies in my immediate area, there's a whole range uh, across there. There are great companies that are really open with communication and do and there are other ones that are not. Um, and so it is, uh, you know, it, it's a question that I guess as an individual and improviser, you'll probably be drawn, drawn to the ones that are more uh, kind of, Uh, practicing what we preach however sometimes that doesn't happen sometimes you're trapped air quotes in a company or you've belonged to a company for 20 years or something and the culture changes yeah and i I think i
0: think think, yeah i think there's also like yeah i i I, I mean my answer to your your to your comment here is that there's two there's improvisers and then there's improvisers yeah uh, and people can't see that I'm having one hand lower and one hand higher and so I think <laughs> there's improvisers as craftspeople who mm-hmm. understand the technique of improvised theater and how to to harness that to create stories and entertain audiences but then there's improvisers that's the yes. higher hand uh that i say are improvisers as as like the sage of an improviser like the ideal mm-hmm. form of Of improv in everything we do and everything we are and every way we talk and every, every place we are. Like, I feel like I've been with some improvisers that just they're talking and I'm looking at them and I'm like, they're improv right now. They are improv. Like they're yes. the way they're wa- we're just we're just walking to get coffee and they feel yeah. like they're emanating this idea of of improvising and patience and presence and all these things that that are so beautiful uh, and then other improvisers that I'm with are like oh this guy's just a stand up comedian who yeah. understands how to, to yes and his way to a to a funny punchline
1: yeah yeah and it's uh, I I think every uh. uh we get brought in a lot now. To do, I'm not sure if you can hear. It's just the heavens have just opened up, and it is. Uh, it's been a very hot weekend in Melbourne, Australia, and now it is bucketing down. So I can't uh, hear a single roof. thing. I uh, can't hear a cool, 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 thing. Cool. I can't um, hear a thing. So. <laughs> We're
0: playing a little sound effects game. Classic <laughs> <laughs> corporate improv set list game. <laughs> uh, okay, sorry. <laughs> Someone shot Toby. <laughs> oh,
1: there we go. <laughs> um so uh yeah sorry what was I saying oh yeah so we get brought in a lot for uh culture change events like where they're trying to instill a new cultural thing and a lot of the particularly contemporary cultural touchstones in uh of what a lot of uh companies like VW or anyone else that we've worked through or are trying to bring in have tenants that kind of match the improv tenants as well so yeah we get brought in for culture change, but I feel like we don't apply a lot of the culture stuff to our own companies sometimes mm-hmm. when we should be um so i don't know what that is it's a it's a grumpy Jason thing to say, just open your mind to it a little, like look at where you are, look at your practice on the stage and your practice off the stage because a healthy company is going to produce great work um, sure. and yeah, so i guess I guess that that uh don't be don't think that applied improv is just for the outside world is just for corporations or just for teaching muggles about uh, about improv we can't ignore our own companies and the way that we operate as well off the stage as well as on, I think it's really important to apply those tenants off the stage.
0: I would go one step further and say, uh, not just in companies, but just, uh, and this is what my TEDx talk was about in the way you live your life. Uh, there is a, a way to apply improv to that. And that fact that like, like, uh, like, I think this COVID nineteen situation, uh, which might be over by the time people are listening to this podcast, wouldn't that be well, great?
1: So. Well, this will be about five weeks from now. Wouldn't so that be great if it was? It probably been... isn't, though. It probably
0: won't be. Listening from the future, you're probably going like, "Yo, Dave, you don't even know it it's so much worse." <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but um, I think this COVID nineteen is a, a perfect example of like the world is is messed up right now. Things are things mm-hmm. are blocked everywhere. We're getting stopped from doing things we want to do. Uh, my festival got canceled my life just kind of the bridge that was my life just fell into a giant ravine of fire. Uh, And there's there's a part of me that's like, oh, no, I wish that didn't happen. And I want to hold on to what I had instead of approaching like an improviser and looking at it and going like, okay, this is the offer has been made. I can't change it. So I need to accept it. And where can I move forward from here, right? Yeah. And I think us doing this podcast is a great example of applying improv to our life. Like, all right, we're not yes. doing a festival. Hey, you know what we can do? Let's do this little conversation series. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think, I think I'd think i go one step further and put it into our lives as well, as well as our companies, as well as our everything, and try to approach that place as, as I said, an uh, improviser as sage.
1: Yeah, I, yeah. I agree. Uh, I, I mean, it's such a valuable set of tools to live by. That uh, I don't think we can pick and choose when we lived by them, you know. I don't think they're just for the stage, and and I see improvisers, I see improvisers leave them on the stage and walk off, and you're like, well, I don't, you understand, you do understand them. I know because I've <laughs> yeah. worked with you, but it's I not transferring to here. It. Yeah, you're so um, good so, at
0: listening yeah. <laughs> on the stage.
1: <laughs> yes. So so yeah uh, uh, so that's that's uh, yeah that's I mean applied improv is fantastic it's an opportunity for us to uh, to make a little money off what we do as well um, but uh, but I think what we've touched on today are really valuable hints for people going out make sure you know what you want. Uh, and and again, think about all the other stuff that we've spoken about on other things. What are you bringing to the yeah. corporate environment? It's you're be not honest. just going out there to make people laugh. What are you trying to do with this? You know, uh, if you're talking about culture change, then you need to model the culture that you want to see. You know, um, so so and and as soon as you don't, people can see right through that. Yeah, like Gandhi
0: said, be the improviser you want to see in the world that's yeah, uh, uh, stone somewhere. Okay. Before we before we go, can I say my grumpy old man thing? Because yes, you please. Got to say your grumpy old man thing. I have I a grumpy sec, old man. I'll just man
1: pick up I to, I'll just pick up my cigar. Yeah, like, get, oh, get your okay, cigar. Okay, Dave. All right. Uh, what you, what you You what won't believe I what I got. I'm
0: so pissed. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, my grumpy old man thing is the term applied improvisation. I don't yes. like. I don't like it. Uh, and there's there's one real reason is that by saying it's applied improvisation, that means that all other improvisation is not applied. Is that what you're yes. saying? This is unapplied, just frivolous shit over here. Uh, I, I just call it. I prefer to just call it improvisation. That's what yeah. I teach. I teach you improvisation, yeah. and how yeah. you use that is up to you. Uh, and of course, you're going to apply it to something. Uh, yeah but, uh, but yeah so I just don't like the term applied improv so please send me your emails about why I'm wrong I'd uh, yes, love to yes, hear uh, about yeah, why I'm applied sure is lots the of, best. lots
1: of fish shaking and stuff like that uh, bring it on uh, <laughs> I love you yeah. all yeah we love you all. you all I hope to play with you all one day <laughs> yeah it's just a dumb name okay <laughs> um, cool uh, well I
0: think that's a great place to end in um, <laughs> Speaking of dumb names, uh, you have a couple podcasts that people can find. Yes, I
1: do. Uh, uh, one's called How About This, no A, just uh, apostrophe about, uh, question mark, how about this? The other one is Super Dumb, It's Really Long, uh, a, a, a blind stab at whimsy called The Dictionary of Moments. It is not um, a dumb name. That's not the dumb name one. The other one is. <laughs> no, they're both. And the Dictionary of Moments is uh, me writing uh, short uh, microfiction, three microfiction stories every week uh, based off a word, a single word. Uh, So with the idea of eventually publishing a dictionary where you not only look up the word and find the meaning, but you find a short story too.
0: Yeah, it's super. It's very beautiful. Uh, And I'm Dave Morris. You can find me at DaveMorris.tv. Uh, As well as paperstreettheater.ca, I should probably tell people if they want to look at Paper Street and what we do. Uh, And you can go to our history page and see all the different shows we've done in the past. We've done some pretty fun shows. Uh, yes,
1: oh, and as this is about Applied Improv, I should actually plug uh, my Applied Improv company or our corporate company, oh, yeah. which is Spark, uh, Spark Teamwork, we're called. You can find us at sparkteamwork.com on the internet, uh, and uh, we can come out and do uh, uh, Applied Improv or improv at uh, your event or with your company or at your training. Mm-hmm. Uh, looks up. Cool. Uh, and you say improv down there,
0: right? You don't say impro.
1: Uh look, I, I grew up saying impro, uh, but uh I have switched to improv. Uh, I switched to improv ages ago um and I'll still impro every once in a while. Is but, that all uh, of ours? Is Australia all? I improv? think pretty much now it's getting there. I think with the with the surge in the last five years of Chicago style schools here, um uh that I think most people coming up now. Just call it improv. I think improv yeah, is think, a hangover of the eighties and nineties.
0: Europe is still hanging on to the impro pretty heavily. Yeah. Especially non English speaking Europe. It's very it's still still got the term impro. Yeah, uh, going for it. But uh yeah. I I actually kinda like impro. As like a, I think it sounds nicer improv
1: yeah the the uh, premier company you all well, know uh, the the oldest company here in uh, Melbourne who I was artistic director of for a few years is still called Impro Melbourne Impro um, Melbourne see improv yeah. Melbourne Ugh. improv Melbourne yeah yeah you'd have to call it uh, Melbourne, but, improv. Uh, Melbourne improv Melbourne improv <laughs> <laughs>
0: Melbourne um, improv so
1: yeah so it's it's still going it's still going strong here but I I switched just I think I stu- switched once I started traveling a bit more, just to make yeah. it easier, to get mm-hmm. a consistent kind of thing. Um, because people, I would see people kind of do that dog confused tilt of their head when sure. I was saying improv <laughs> and teaching. Yeah. And they're like, what? What is yeah. that? You and say? especially North Americans,
0: uh, yeah. especially uh, we, we we hang, we're like improv. It's called improv. What are you saying? Yeah, yeah. Stop doing it. <laughs> uh, us North American assholes. Very unimprov <laughs> of us, actually, to say, <laughs> to be so negative about it. <laughs> I know.
1: Um, uh, cool. great talking okay, to you, Damon. Right. Yeah, good talking to you. See you. I'll talk to you tomorrow.
0: Yeah, talk to you. We have one more planned, and then we're going to do a little improv Zoom, Zoom uh, improv yeah. show.
1: I love yeah, this idea. A, look, we're going to have to work it around Minecraft, though. Is that all right?
0: Oh, uh, of course. Yeah, no, no, no worries. I can actually do it while I'm playing Minecraft. Uh, I'm okay, actually great. getting really good at conference calls while Minecrafting. Uh, did I mention I have no work for the next uh, six months? <laughs>